Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on Thursday, June 23rd. L.A. Galaxy, we're supposed to be getting ready for a Kelly Classico. That's not happening this weekend. We're going to talk a whole bunch about that to start off the show, so that'll be our opening little segment there. Hopefully, some of you are listening that we're supposed to be going to the airport, or maybe some of you are listening as you're going to the airport for that game. Tough tough timing. We're going to talk about it and get you through that. Plus, the LA Galaxy get bounced out of the U.S. Open Cup. The Sacramento Republic USL side, Todd Donovan, uh, the president of that former LA Galaxy man there, uh, knocks the LA Galaxy out 2-1. to one. We're going to talk a bunch about that game, effort-wise, roster-wise, decisions by Greg Vanny-wise, all that fun stuff is there. Uh, and then all the LA Galaxy news, uh, that's the MLS All-Star game is in there, and the most watchable and most unwatchable teams in MLS according to ESPN. So a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of things to talk about to help me do that. We are so glad to have him back in the saddle. It's Mr. Christian Miles. Christian, how's it going, buddy? Great. I mean, no hammer, no cannon. Right. Miles makes a late run into the box. <laughs> just wait for Josh to whip the cross in. That's what you. So, so you're the Ovalich and I'm the I'm the Arajo. Is that what you're trying I, to tell me? I aspire for that. But yeah, I like that. It's a good one-two punch. It's a little Batman and Robin-ish. But yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Uh, looking forward to. Kind of a weird week. I mean, lots to talk about. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, the the loss of Sacramento is still on everybody's minds. I know because I had to deal with all the uh, all the tears and all the complaining and all the anger uh, today on all that stuff. Before we get into that, um, I want to remind everybody of two things. Uh, number one, we have t-shirts for sale. So our t-shirts are still up there. Basically, it runs for about three weeks. We're in week two of this where we do pre-orders. Um, there was a little hint to everybody that. Every single t-shirt we've ever produced is basically up there right now for reorder. So if you don't have some of them, you can go find them. But we do have the Pato Hammer Panda Cannon Miles shirt, which is one of my favorites. That's called the COG starting lineup shirt for 2022. And then our priceless shirt, the stadium concession shirt that tracks inflation and real time. Uh, so you want to check that out as well. And both of those are $25. You go sign up at cornerofthegalaxy.com shop. Uh, click on that shop button. You can go find all those t-shirts, all that fun stuff. So that is there. Um, and we're excited that uh, that those are out and people can go buy those. The other thing um, 
is that uh, I put out a, an interview with Sasha Kluschen. Uh, I was able to sit down with Sasha for about a 45-minute talk um, whenever it was uh, just before the Portland Timbers game. So this was on a Friday just before the Portland Timbers game. I sat down with Sasha for 45 minutes, and in my opinion, and I'm certainly skewed and, and biased on this, Christian, uh, it was a very interesting 45 minutes with Sasha Kluschen, who who pulled no punches, who told it as it was, who talked about taking a huge pay cut and how he had to get his head around that and said, you know, he was like, he was, it's hard to swallow. He said it, right? The whole deal. We asked him flat out about it. He was flat out honest and truthful, but he talks about the difference between European players and American players and just how that sort of works on different teams. It's it's worth the 45 minutes. Uh, if you can handle, handle sort of the uh, amateurish GoPro setup that captured three angles, three GoPros going at the same time there, Christian, uh, each pointed in a different direction, kind of in the general direction of the person they were supposed to be, uh, you know, capturing in that. So um, everything was there. So go check that out. That's on our YouTube page or on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can catch it or uh, it'll be right where all your podcasts are. So those are the things um, that we have there. Uh, that's where we're. That's where we're at. So some some fun stuff there. At least to open. Up. Oh, great stuff! I I was on your site the other day, and I was like, love the shirt. It had a nice little the, the Pato hammer, whatever miles. Yep. It has a very concert kind of vibe to it. It does. I, yeah. I was about ready to purchase, and I'm like, wait, can I can I buy a T-shirt with my own name on it? I do it all the time. Is that, so is that just too narcissistic? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm 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 in pause mode right now. I don't know I don't know what the ethics are in in, in t-shirt buying, but because I'm a t-shirt whore, so yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, I, well, I mean, it's like whenever if you can you can go to if you go to the band, right? You can wear their old t-shirts to that band, but you can't wear somebody else's band t-shirt to another band, right? Right. So I think as long as you're wearing your shirt. Um, yeah. with the, like in the, in the general area or the general time of which you were on the show, I think you're okay. I think, yeah, I think you're it, fine. It's almost like pointing to the back of your Jersey when you score or in the social media world, retweeting yourself. I guess that's the equivalent of that. I guess. I like it. I like I've it. done that. I love it. I love it. It's a, it's, it's very good. So Just being honest. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. So I'm um, anywhere, get, get out there and grab those shirts, uh, for a good cause. It keeps us, uh, rocking and rolling and paying some bills and doing all sorts of stuff like that. So. Uh, really appreciate if you do that. All right, let's get to the to the breaking news. So uh, hysterically, as usually happens, somebody on Twitter hits me up early this afternoon and goes, hey, uh, is that game still going on this weekend? You know, because there's a power outage, right? And I'm like, well, who cares if there's a power outage? I'm like, yeah, dude, the game's not until like Saturday. I think you got plenty of time. Yeah, of course, it'll be it'll be fine. I've heard nothing about it. And they're like, yeah. but, but I heard it was pretty bad. I'm like, oh, I, I, okay, sure. So I start like I start sending off some text messages and stuff like this, and almost immediately it comes back. We're waiting. You know, I, I sent something to the galaxy, and they're like, we're waiting to hear right now. I'm like, oh, oh, wait, there's something to this. You know, like a lot of times, Christian, I think I fire things into the dark, and you're like, eh, this is nothing, and the whole deal, and it comes back as nothing, and you're like, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was self fulfilling prophecy, Josh. It, it is. It Big is. Big effect. It is. Um, and so I went reach out and they're like, we're trying to find out right now. Like literally the discussion is happening right now. I'm like, okay. So I sort of said, Hey, listen, they're talking about it. The whole deal. So what ends up happening is I'll tell you right now, in case you have been living under a rock, this was the first indication, by the way, this is a deleted tweet. Uh, it's one of the sideline reporters from, uh, Univision. Um, and it, it, I think it's, is it Michelle, Michelle Giannone? 
Yeah, you 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 probably say can say it better than that. But any anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he tweets out that you know basically it's going to be postponed due to Stanford's power outage. But then that gets deleted immediately, so it disappeared. And I'm like, that's that seems too much of a coincidence. There, I'm thinking something's happening. And then I had I reached out to the Galaxy. I said this, and they're like, yeah, we're announcing it soon. I'm like, okay, thank you. You know, no problems. I got it. So the whole deal. So here. Uh. Here, here's what is happening, Christian, is that there is a wildfire near the Stanford campus. And because of that, it knocked out power. PG&E says that they can't get in to repair the equipment because stuff is on fire around it. So they can't get there to repair it. That means they don't have a timeline right now for the power return. And being they don't have a timeline for the power return, Stanford canceled classes today. I imagine they're going to cancel classes tomorrow. There's no way that they know whether or not Saturday they're going to have power or not. And you can't have, quote unquote, 50,000 people show up to a stadium when there's no power and the game's not going to get played. Um, so it's a it was a real concern. The, the San Jose Earthquakes president. Uh, Jared Shawley put out, said we were informed by Stanford University that the issues they are experiencing on campus this week are going to prevent the California Classico from taking place Saturday. We appreciate Major League Soccer and the LA Galaxy for swiftly coming to an agreement on a rescheduled date that will allow us to keep this match and all its pageantry at Stanford Stadium. We are looking forward to putting on a spectacular event for our community in September. Um, so, Christian, you know about this game, right? This is the big game for San Jose. They usually have a flyover. It's done just a little. Yep, exactly. Sell all the tickets. They the Galaxy never get to play San Jose at PayPal Park. They're there, which I like their little stadium that sits right next to the airport. And you get to watch yeah. airplanes land while you're watching soccer. To me, that's almost heaven. Um, so you, you do all these things. Um, and at Stanford Stadium, it's fireworks. It's flyovers. It's 50,000 people. And they do this every year where they basically market the galaxy as their ticket to getting some, you know, massive amount of money for this one game. And so there's a lot of questions that I have for this because, because Christian one is that, uh, PayPal park only holds 18,000 people, right? It's a tiny little stadium, 18,000 mm -hmm. people. Um, Levi stadium, I think holds like 60 or 70 something thousand mm -hmm. people. So that's down in Santa Clara. Both of those probably were options for this game, but you probably mm -hmm. couldn't do it with all the pageantry and everything that you want to do if you moved it. And if you do it, at, yeah, pad, there's definitely pageantry, pageantry. right? Didn't, yeah. Um, and you, you look at what they would have had to do to get it at PayPal Park, which was basically cancel everybody's tickets, give issue refunds to everybody, and then say, we're opening up tickets on a sale basis, basically for Saturday, and fill yeah. up that park, which you could have gotten 18,000 people, I'm guessing, to fill that park pretty easily. The Galaxy traveling supporters still could have filled theirs, their amounts. They could have done all that stuff. You would have had a full stadium at PayPal Park. But the reason that that was probably never even a consideration is that San Jose makes too much money off this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, pageantry is the word, right? I mean, it's, I mean, I remember the, the Zlatan game, they just packed, the, packed it to the gills. I mean, this is the, you know, it's the, the apex of their regular season. And, you know, you, I know you and Hammer were talking about it a few weeks ago. They don't have, you know, a Trafico. This is it. Right. This is their El Trafico, basically. And it's their home game and they want to make the most of it. They want to monetize it. Um, you know, you were talking about you know, being at PayPal Park and how great it is watching the, the, the flights come in. That's arguably, and I'd say proven that it's much more interesting than what's going on in the San Jose pitches these days. Usually, so, usually, yes. Yeah, so that would be one more advantage to be playing it there. Sorry, but that's just, <laughs> that's the truth. But yeah, it, it's, it's disappointing. And now it moves into September and it, you're in, like you, we were talking about it a minute ago. It goes into September 24th and it moves into that international break. Yes. And that's a problem. 
the last international break too, just before the World Cup. Yep. Really, really weird. It, it's it's strange. Um, I don't like how this played out. I understand San Jose needing to to monetize this game. I understand that they're doing. But yeah. guess what? Sometimes life doesn't work out for you. And so now you're asking the LA Galaxy basically to move into and this is we have recent history with this. Greg Vanny told us not too long ago. He goes, whenever the guys were getting ready to come back and play Portland, just before that, in training up to that, he basically said we barely had enough guys to train before like Wednesday. Right. He goes, mm-hmm. basically, we couldn't even put together, you know, two 11s on either side with all the guys that were missing. He goes and he said at one point, and I think this was a direct quote, it was like it would be would have been hard for us to play a game, a real game during that time. Well, now you're going to go into September late in the year. This is closing down the season, right? Because World Cup is is going to make everything yeah. shut down way early. So September is near the end of the season this year. Right. Yeah. And you're going to go into an international break um, where the galaxy could be missing four or five players possibly two or three starters and the mm-hmm. most important international break that's the first of all there's no international break between now and then right mm-hmm. so everybody's going to play all the way through there and then they just expanded i think world cup rosters to 26 players coaches now have to find their 26 players they're going to call everybody and their brother into these camps for this final time and when they do that they're going to be able to pick their 26 players and do that but that means guys who are on the bubble that like are close you're going to be like oh well julian araujo is julian araujo really going to play for mexico well he's going to be at that camp guaranteed because tata's going to look at him you know even if he's not part of that final 26 he'll be at least you know down on the finalist list you know probably the, the last cut prior to that 26 and yeah, I mean, even after Alvarez, I mean, and throwing Chicharito, who I think he's going to get a look before the World Cup comes from from Tata, based upon the recent conversations as well. But John, this is the second time we've seen a game rescheduled because the August third game against Minnesota United was just rescheduled up into this international break. Right, and it, it's almost like this is kind of is seen as a, a stopgap, you know, a, a spare tire type of situation. Oh, we can just put it in the international break. The international break is there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And even though even though it kills momentum, right? I mean, you, we've been yeah. feeling that three weeks off, as Greg Vandy said, he said, it's too long. We can't keep doing this. Oh, yeah. we, you know, we can't keep having three week breaks in the middle of seasons and that type of thing, which, yeah. by the way, MLS is going to take a, MLS is going to take a whole month off next year whenever it's Leagues Cup. Remember, there's going to be a whole tournament that goes on in one month and everything is going to happen. That's <laughs> that's an, that's another story altogether. Right. So. This is what yep. happens with San Jose. They want to be greedy in this game, which I can understand because they're a small club. They don't have a lot of financial resources. This is where maybe they balance the budget on this game, Christian. But at the same time, that shouldn't be the LA Galaxy's problem, and it now becomes a bigger LA Galaxy problem. No Chicharito for this for this game in September? Very likely. No Julian Araujo? Very likely. No Efrain Alvarez? Very, very likely. Even Ryan Revelison with Madagascar, they're not in the World Cup, but guaranteed they're playing somebody during that international break, and mm-hmm. he's going to be gone because he played for those teams um and so maybe there's some wiggle room in there for some of the guys like maybe Leardam, who is uh who who plays for Suriname. maybe he doesn't go because they're like hey we don't have anybody does he not have to go being it doesn't really matter um but that's tough yeah. to do for players well you do we're talking about the old club versus country and, and just look at the fundamental dynamic of this you're a season ticket holder even if you're a san jose season ticket holder you're robbed of the prime performers that you were paying initially from the season ticket purchase to see and so now that's being taken away from you. Yep. And you're seeing, you're scratching your head. I mean, you know, it's like going to the NBA All Star game and not seeing an NBA All Star. I mean, it's just, it's, it's devoid of the players that you were promised. And I, there's, there, I would be very surprised there weren't any misgivings 
a base, uh, not just from the LA Galaxy fan base, right. but also from the, the, the San Jose fan base too. I mean, they should be upset about this because I, I understand, you know, the logistics of it and the problems with the, the, the power outages and stuff, but there surely is a better way to go about this than, you know, putting it there. But that's what was decided. I mean, you know, if, so it, if it's really unfortunate, if it's really a problem, uh, I can't even say that because it wouldn't even work this time. I was like, if it's really a problem, just have the, just have the game played in Los Angeles, except that there's the the uh, the the Mexico Champions of Champions Cup is being played this weekend. I can't remember yes. exactly what what it's uh, what the specific Cam- name is. The Copa de Campeones. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. And so that's being played <laughs> at Dignity Hill Sports Park, and that'll be a zoo this weekend. So yeah, you probably can't. Uh, maybe you could play it on Sunday because I think that game may be on a Saturday. So anyway, however it would work, um, it's not going to happen. The other thing is that. Um, uh, there's some real concern. I feel really bad for some LA Galaxy fans. There were literally people who were like, I was just packing. I was leaving in an hour and I got this information. So there are people who don't get to cancel their hotel rooms, right? Because that stuff is going. They don't get to cancel flights a lot of times because let's face it, what are the chances a game's going to get canceled? You know, so you you buy the non-refundable, you know, that type of thing and and you go for it. So there's a lot of people who I think um, are getting... Uh, a not very happy call right now, or maybe they were leaving tomorrow or they were going on. By the way, I know there's some LA Galaxy fans who are going up there regardless because they're like, I have a hotel, I have flights, I have the rental car, I have all that stuff. I'm gone. Like, I'm not going to give that up. So somebody said it's just another day of wine tasting in Napa as far as they're concerned, which I think is a great way to look at it. Um, So yeah, it is... It is. We can go to PayPal Park and watch the flights too. Yeah. Know? Hey, that's a great idea. We should. You know what? Let's just end this show and I'll just go watch the planes take off at Santa Ana. That sounds like a good <laughs> idea. That's a good time right there. Whether it's watching trains in my front yard or planes over by the airport, I'm I'm pretty simple, simple kid and in, in, in most of this stuff. So anyway, that's what's happening. This game being rescheduled again for September 24th. It gets placed in an international break. Uh, we'll talk about that as that sort of comes down. But it's now at the end of everything. Now, one of the other things before we talk about Sacramento is Christian. A lot of people were like, oh, now the Galaxy have two weeks off. They don't. They have eight days off. It literally just puts mm-hmm. them almost in a normal week. Um, there's no because they have played on Tuesday and they're going to play Wednesday against Minnesota at home. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's it. That's there's the break that actually puts them in a little bit better position in terms of having to do a quick turnaround and then have another game on Wednesday and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. This puts them in a, in a fairly normal uh, game week now. Um, so we'll see how they react to that. But at the same time, um, what, what do you think? So what do you think I, about... I agree from a physical standpoint. Yes. But in terms of a, a mental psyche standpoint, you're letting that U.S. Open Cup loss fester. Mm. After a game like that, after such a dismal performance, dismal. the first thing you want to do is get right back on the field and prove your wares and prove that you are not that team and erase the misery of, of your past performance. So, yeah, in terms of physical you know, recovery and, and the attributes and the fitness, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. But in terms of in, in, in the mental and the psyche aspect of it, no, it's not. It's, it's actually a detriment right now because – and you take into account the opponent. Look, San Jose is dead last right now. Right. What better way to rebuild your confidence than go up in front of you know umpteen thousands of fans and on their turf right. and get three points, come back, and then put yourself in good position you know, the following Wednesday against a really game Minnesota United team. So I, I don't think it actually suits the Galaxy in terms of rhythm and in terms of confidence very well. Yeah, men- the mentality-wise, I think I agree with you. Also, I yeah. would push back on you. Uh, Galaxy usually lose that game at Stanford. One, the field, <laughs> is, so, the field is so crap um, because yeah, it's not even, made even for soccer. My boy out there, they <laughs> lost it, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. I was there. That was one of my favorite. We're going to wait yeah. 45 to 50 minutes for Zlatan to come out of the locker room. And by the way, yeah. 
it wasn't just us. It was everybody who was waiting. The yeah. guys were all on the bus just sitting there waiting for Zlatan to be ready. But uh, he was signing he was signing autographs with the he, fans. He did a good job. Badmouth Zlatan. I will. I will. Did you somebody else was badmouthing Zlatan today? I was reading some quotes and stuff like that. And like he, somebody said, he, what did he, why are we talking about him winning a championship for AC Milan? He barely did anything. It was like a player. And I was like, Whoa, this is this is spicy. Somebody's having a really? having a little take at the uh, at the king. So that's cool. That's always fun. The Lion of Los Angeles. So, um, but anyway, so that's where we sit. Let's talk about the uh, Sacramento game. Why not? Um, one, we I like to. I like misery. I like sadness. Um, so this is good. I think this is like the emo portion of uh, of the show today. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Maybe something corporate can come out of retirement and play a gig. That is a joke for me and me alone, and I'm happy with that. Uh, Sacramento Republic 2, LA Galaxy 1. Really interesting part about this, Christian. LA Galaxy didn't score a goal in this game. It was Sacramento mm-hmm. who had an own goal in the 18th minute. So um, let's get to the lineups, and we'll start there, and then we'll sort of go. Yeah. Uh, because I think there's some things. I, I see a lot of things, and I see a lot of misinformed people about some players and their availability and things that would happen. So this is our starting lineup. Dayan Jovalich starts up top. Kevin Cabral, technically, I wouldn't even argue that they didn't play in a 4-4-2. They actually played a lot in something like that because Cabral was up on the front line a lot. It, you mm-hmm. could say it was a 3, the, the normal 3-2, um, what am I going to say? 3-2-3-1, three, three, right? Are four two mm-hmm. three one. That's what I mean. There's four defenders back there. Four two three yeah. one. But Cabral did spend a lot of time up there on that front. Vanny even talked about moving him up beside Jovalich in that yep. game, right? In, in order to be there. So a four four two isn't a horrible representation of what happened. So Jovalich and Cabral up top. Uh, Samuel Grancier, Daniel Aguirre, Ryan Ravellison, Efrain Alvarez. Uh, you had uh, Raheem Edwards, Derek Williams, Nick Depew, and Kelvin Leardam as the captain with Jonathan Klinsman, who has been the U.S. Open Cup goalkeeper for every single U.S. Open Cup game, was in goal for that. So um, just starting off with the lineup, I will tell you that they were dealing with a couple things. Uh, there were three important things to pay attention to on this with Kelvin Leardam starting at right back. People are saying, well, why didn't Julian Araujo start? If Greg Vanny really took this serious, Julian Araujo would be playing there. Julian Araujo missed the entire days of worth of practice before this game because he was sick. He wasn't feeling well, right? It was non-COVID, that type of thing. But he was like, I don't feel well. And he didn't train at all. And so Vanny was sort of like, well, you know, that's something we have to keep an eye on. So he was not put in for a starter um, for this game, for, probably for that reason, because Greg likes to play the young guys. Um, in these games, he's yeah. like, they have legs, let them run. So that's why Julian Araujo didn't start and eventually did come into that game, but didn't start it right back. Uh, Mark Delgado, non-COVID illness. If Mark Delgado is healthy, I have to imagine that either Daniel Aguirre starts next to him or Ryan Revelison, uh, you know, starts next to, to Mark Delgado. Mark Delgado starts this game. Young legs. Greg Vanny likes him. He would play him in that position. I have to imagine that's the case. And then people want to say Chicharito. Two things on Chicharito. Greg hinted at it, certainly, is that he was managing his minutes. He had just played a bunch of minutes on Saturday, right? And so he was like, I can get him in this game, but I don't want to start him because I'm worried about injuring him. Remember, that's the primary reason the LA Galaxy missed the playoffs last year. Chicharito was injured uh, for such a long period of time that he didn't do it. Greg Vanny taking that all into account. So unless you wanted... So I'm just looking at the guys who who are not normal starters, right? Jonathan Klinsman was always going to start this game. He's the U.S. Open Cup goalkeeper. You could argue Greg Vanny could have played Jonathan Bond, but that would have run counter to everything they had done so far. Kelvin Leardam started because Julian Araujo did not... Did not trained the day before because of an illness. Mark Delgado was out with a non-COVID illness. 
That's why you have the center um, in there. And then, you know, you had guys like Victor Vasquez who came off the bench. You had guys like Sega Koulibaly come off the bench. Uh, Chicharito came off the bench. There was no nothing missing in terms of firepower for the L.A. Galaxy in this game. So trying to say that Vanny didn't take it seriously with the lineup is laughable. And it wasn't like I, I've also seen this today, Christian, which is Vanny prioritized the wrong game. He shouldn't have prioritized the San Jose game. He wasn't thinking about the San Jose game. He's literally reacting to the game that happened on Saturday with Portland. The Tuesday, Saturday, he has talked about many times, which is that's enough time to rest guys and get them going. He wasn't thinking about San Jose. This was a reaction to who had played and what was going on against Portland. So that lineup to me, perfectly capable of beating a USL side in Sacramento Republic. All right. I mean, that's where it is. Absolutely. Okay. 100%. So kickoff happens, Christian. Galaxy hold the ball for about three and a half minutes. Make some nice moves. Almost had a good shot in there. It was good. Ball gets turned over. It's a counterattack. Sacramento scores. Fourth minute. That is literally the best way for this team, for, for that Sacramento Republic team to start. Um, and I think we talked about it, and you've watched them on, on the USL side. This team is a counter and bunker team. That's what they're going to do. They did it against Galaxy 2 at home, at their home, just mm. the weekend before. They played Galaxy 2. Galaxy 2 could have scored four goals in that game and they didn't they lost two to nothing on one really good counter and one penalty kick that they sort of made up what happens in this game same type of thing one really good counter one absolutely lucky shot that jonathan klinsman should have stopped that's it um and so you knew that was going to happen were you surprised at anything that happened in that game watching it as you were going and you were seeing how the la galaxy were playing was there anything that surprised you I know I'm, I'm not surprised. I disappointed, I think, is a better way to characterize it. I I, I got to admit, I, I missed the first couple of minutes. I turned it on and it was one nil. And I'm like and I had tweeted earlier in the day, I said, this is what the galaxy cannot afford to do. They can't afford to, to start poorly and they can't allow to chase this game because this is a team that will sit with five at the back, absorb the pressure and try and hit you on the counter. The galaxy, we know the problems they have, you know, with basically demonstrating and creating, you know, good attacking chances uh, when the game's level and when a game a, a opponent sits back at a low block. You know, we've seen it. You know, we saw it with Chicago early this season. Saw, we saw, with, it with, saw with Portland, right? Yeah, Portland, Portland did it the yeah, weekend it, before. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, the, they especially struggle. It's a team that you know has a creativity problem. It has a lack of decisive attacking ideas. So, to, if you're asking me, I, was I surprised? No, I wasn't surprised at the lineup. I thought it was a good balance of rotation and, and going full strength. Um, individual mistakes were something I would have to say that popped their, its head up a little more often than I, I expected to see at this point of the season. Yeah, a lot. Well, now what? Four months into the season, right. these types of errors should not be occurring right now. I, and, and when you start chasing, like Greg Vanny called it, and energy suck. And that's exactly what it does because it's twice as exhausting chasing a game than it is possessing a game and, and you can't rest. And um, and when they were on the ball, it was just uninspiring. I mean, it was I'm, I'm, so uninspiring. And I, was... I don't want to poo-poo the galaxy, but I'm just, let's let's be honest. There were no attacking ideas there. There was nope. no creativity. You can talk about a cam, a, a central attacking midfield, wherever you want. The ideas aren't there. And then when it came time to throw all caution to the wind and, and get forward, it was devoid of creative inspiration again it was early crosses into the box yep. and vanny himself you know was discussing that during his post-match presser where 
and I thought we were a little impatient. We were just whipping balls into the box. It was utterly predictable. You basically played into the hands of a Sacramento Republic team because I think they had the second best defensive record in USL championship. They got their goal, nicked one on the break, shut up shop, absorbed the pressure. Yep. Uh, and, and tell me right now, this, this Sacramento Republic team, I would rather play the San Jose Earthquakes than the <laughs> Sacramento Republic team because they are a better team. Yeah. And there's no, and it blurs the lines between USL Championship and MLS. So no, not surprised. Just really disappointed. Um, the Galaxy, you know, committed the cardinal sin early on, and they paid the price. And here's the thing. I'm going to say two things, which is uh, when you allow an early goal like that to an underdog team, right? We, we know where the pressure is whenever this game starts. And, and Todd Donovan talked about it with Kevin uh, Baxter before. We talked a little bit about it on Monday show. We know where the pressure lies in this game. The pressure lies with the LA Galaxy because they're supposed Absolutely. to win this game. And we, yeah, and, and we also know that the intensity battle is going to usually be won, at least in the early minutes, right, by that underdog team, by that USL team. This is where you come out and there's intensity because they're like, this is it. This is the biggest game that we have mm -hmm. this year. This is how we're going to play. We're going to we're going to win it all. Um, and we're going to go and show them and we're not an underdog and, you know, all this, all the stuff that you can do to generate that. The Galaxy don't have that. And I know people were like, well, why can't you play? It's funny because I say this all the time. They're like, well, we, you just need to play every game like you play against LAFC. Impossible. Again, for all the reasons that, that Sacramento can get jacked up for this game, the LA Galaxy yeah. necessarily won't, is the reason why all these games can't be the same intensity as LAFC. Now, as a good team, the LA Galaxy should be able to generate enough intensity to offset what is going to happen from Sacramento. But one thing you cannot let this team do is believe, Christian. You cannot let Sacramento Republic believe for even, like, I love the LA Galaxy through three and a half minutes of that first half. You're like, I was just about to tweet, man, I don't even think Sacramento has touched the ball in the first, like, four minutes. And of course, they get the ball, they make two passes, and the guy scores, which, by the way, really nice goal. Really horrible mm -hmm. defending. Really horrible defending. I mean, it, yeah. it, managing transitions is something the Galaxy have actually done very well this year. I know people want to poo-poo it, but the LA Galaxy defense has been very good at managing transitions. The Galaxy yeah. are among league leaders in terms of allowing the least amount of goals from the run of play, right? That's creeped up here a little bit and, and done some things. But bottom line is that you knew as an LA Galaxy player that the intensity coming across that bench on the other side was going to be outmatched for you. For a little bit and you were going to have to make them and break them and say no 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 this is our house well you don't do that when you allow a goal in the fourth minute and quite honestly credit to sacramento because even whenever they give up the own goal and Efrain alvarez puts that ball in it's a nice cross from Efrain alvarez um he you know it, it ends up being an own goal and it probably wasn't going to be headed in by an la galaxy player so it's one of those it was like it was a created chance but really there's not much there um, you know, that, that that goes in the 18th minute. You're thinking, oh, well, this is a chance for Sacramento to drop their heads, right? Because not now they allowed their own goal. They they scored on themselves. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow whenever you know that you're going to need every bit of strength to keep the LA Galaxy sort of off you. But the bottom line is that where you expected the LA Galaxy to step on the gas and to break the necks of Sacramento to be able to create and pass and run and move and do all these things to frustrate Sacramento, to make them run and chase the game, to get them tired, they did none of that. They didn't manage the transitions well. Um, Vanny made a little bit of a just tweak in the second half, bringing Ephra a little more inside, trying to create some overloads of the 3v2, but there were too many individual mistakes. And it reminded me a little bit of the later stages of 2021. Mm -hmm. You know, costly mistakes, individual errors, giving the ball away in costly situations. Um, 
it, they didn't have an answer. And you're, you're sitting there, I was watching this and I'm thinking to myself, when are they going to wake up? Where are the ideas coming from? What's gonna happen? And it was just, it was just, there's nothing there. It was absolutely listless. And it was, you know, I, I say this, you know, with so much disappointment, because I wanted, you know, I wanted them to do better. We all did, um, it just wasn't there. It doesn't matter if it was Jovalich. It didn't matter if it was Cabral playing off, you know, as in, in a 4-4-2, which was not the case, but, you know, trying to play, I understand what Vanny was trying to do and play Cabral off of, of Jovalich and perhaps see what it would develop out of that. Nothing was there because there's no supply line going in. So yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the first couple of minutes, yeah, they did move it well, but, you know, stodgy, uninspiring is the way to do it. And, you know, you fall behind this the, the Sacramento team. It, it's a classic, it's a classic Bolton Wanderers. It's a classic British team, you know, from the mid 2000s. Harken back to British football. Get, get your goal, sit back. That's what they do. They make it hard. Right. They get yep. in hard. They don't back away from their challenges. Um, I thought the goalkeeper was magnificent on the day. I thought he was fantastic. Very athletic. He, he, he played such a heel too. He played such an important role of of rallying up the LA Galaxy and oh, yeah. frustrating fans and doing all this stuff. I mean, if you're go again, if you're going to win a game like that, that's what you want to see from your underdog goalkeeper is that he's in there and he's Absolutely. like he's like, I'm not giving an inch. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Athletic. Yeah, he was one of the athletic performances from a keeper I've seen in a long time. So yeah, hey, tip of the hat, Sacramento was fantastic they came in here they did exactly what they wanted to do they put the onus on the galaxy shoulder like you said and, and the galaxy just, just didn't have an answer unfortunately yeah but you know it's it's also it, it's more than that i'm gonna talk let me talk about seeing todd donovan after we'll get back to to you know the they didn't have an answer there's there's more to that um and i certainly think vanny hinted at it after the game as well um after after our press conferences and everything it took a little while to get done kelvin leardam came in after greg vanny so we were all done with that um, Kelvin was the captain for the night. Um, I actually requested Jonathan Klinsman and apparently he left before he came out because I thought there were some questions to ask, um, Jonathan Klinsman, especially about the, the game winning goal, um, because there's a zero chance in H E double hockey sticks that anybody should be able to score from 35 yards out on a ball. That's Four. not exactly hit very hard. It was placed correctly. It didn't knuckle or move all that much. Nobody was blocking him. He moved slowly and the ball got underneath him. Yeah. Um, hot shot. It wasn't closed down. Defense is just too deep, but he has to save that, Josh. I mean, flat out has to save that. As a defender or midfielder, I will let anybody take that shot. I will let Zlatan yeah. Ibrahimovic take that shot from 35 yards out every time, almost 40 yards out. Any single time that they want to take that shot, that's just a low percentage shot. I will let you have it. I, I understand that nobody closes them down, but literally from 40 yards out, you can take that shot. I you know what? I'll step back. Have a, have at it because the percentage chance of that going in is so infinitesimally small that there's zero issues that I, I would be more angry if you overcommitted on something like that. Like the guy's going to take a shot. I better do something. And then you overcommit and cause an inside move or something like that. Right. I would be more worried about that. I just, I can't, I can't be worked up about that. Let me, get, let me get to Todd though. Um, yeah. so anyway, so, so we got done with Kelvin and, and stuff like that. And so, um, I was getting ready to leave. And so I walked out the back and I was a little bit be behind the group that was headed up front. Um, and I saw Todd Donovan come around the corner and we had been texting, um, the couple days beforehand. I was trying to get him on the show. It didn't work out. That's fine. Todd's always great. Um, but he saw me and he saw Scott French. So he saw Scott French there, shook his hand, saw me, gave me a hug. I, I would like to point out that I have known 
Todd Dunham. But you got a hug and French got a handshake. I think I think you know Scott is you know I I don't want to hug Scott either, so I understand. Um, he may have gotten a hug too. Maybe it was more side hug though. You know, it was like oh, stay away from me type thing. Um, but I've known Todd for 14 years, and he was the first LA Galaxy player who ever treated me like I belonged in the locker room. He is probably more responsible for me still being here and basically the show and everything the way it is than almost any other LA Galaxy player. Maybe AJ Delagarza, Brian Jordan also had big roles that that sort of were in those early days. So um, Todd is great. I think the world of Todd Donovan, I think he's an extremely smart man. I think mm-hmm. he knows soccer. He remember he was in charge of the San, San Francisco Deltas, right? And they were like in the in the NASL for like one year, but they won the championship that year and then they folded. Um, and mm-hmm. then he goes up to Sacramento and he's, he was the GM there. And now he's the president of that club. And you see the types of teams he puts together. They're a very good club. And it just part of me has always been like this guy is eventually going to be somebody with the LA Galaxy. This guy's eventually going to be president of the LA LA Galaxy. Whether I will that to happen or not, I'm Mm -hmm. telling you that that's where it is. So I got to see Todd and I congratulate him. He smelled like beer because he was in the locker room and they were shaking beer all over the place, you know? Um, And he was laughing. He goes, they play, you know, they played really good. I go, yeah, you guys should try to like score goals early more often. I think that's going to work well for you. And he goes, he goes, man, he goes, you know, we had to play a perfect game. And he goes, I thought, I thought we played really well. Like just, and I go, absolutely hundred percent. So, you know, tip of the hat for, for uh for for Todd Donovan and Sacramento Republic. I if you're a Galaxy fan, be angry with the LA Galaxy. Don't be yeah. angry with Sacramento. They they did exactly what they were supposed to do in that game. So, um now going back to this, is there anybody on this team, anybody in that game Christian that played a good game? I can't find anybody. It's not like anybody sticks out. I liked what Daniel Aguirre did sometimes in the middle. I thought he gave the ball up too cheaply at times. Um, but other than that, if you look at like the passes and what he was trying to do, and he had one of the better passes into Chicharito sprinting through the center, um, one of the better chances that the LA Galaxy had. Here's where I lose the plot a little bit for on Greg Vanny. And the chat room has been saying they disagree with me, except I haven't actually put out my opinion on this, so it would be hard for them to disagree with me. Um, whenever they made the subs, they brought it in. I know Jovalich was dead tired and you could see it because he had mm-hmm. played 60 minutes on Saturday and then he was basically coming in and played another 60 minutes, 120 minutes in the short amount of time. He was working really hard to try to create stuff and there was there was nothing there. I mean, he wasn't getting service and he wasn't getting the runs. Yeah. And the one really good run that he had, Kevin Cabral, this is the... the, the <laughs> there's two plays for me that sort of sum up this entire Sacramento game. And the one where Jovalich is on a breakaway and Cabral is running like two yards right next to him the whole time. And they're just running on mm-hmm. a breakaway together. And as a defender, I know, go wide, cut inside, do something to move a guy away from him. Make them think about something else besides two guys just pitter-pattering, running there right next to each other. And I don't know what they were trying to do. If I was Jovalich, I, would ne- I wouldn't even let Kevin back into the locker room after that. Because to me, that's such a low IQ play. And I will say this for Cabral. I usually think that he finds himself in good spots. That was atrocious. You don't see that (laughs) in a high school game, Christian. And it's such a low IQ move. It makes me question. And I've I've tried to be a believer in sort of this is eventually going to work out for Cabral because he puts himself in so many good positions and blah, 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 blah. I don't know if I will ever recover after watching that play. That was like, that bad. It's, it's the old the old English proverb. It, it, it's similar to a jigsaw puzzle. Everything's great until you get in the box, then you go to pieces. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's yes. exactly it. I mean, 
you know, everything is there, but the final product, I mean, you know, not to you know, harp on a broken record, but that's been the Galaxy's problem a lot of the times. And, you know, getting those, the strikers, I don't, I don't think are at fault here. I mean, and whether it be, I, I look at Dayon, I look at Chicharito almost as interchangeable parts right now based yes. upon current form, Chicha's advanced age, and, and how well Dayon has really come on in the last, you know, few weeks or last couple, of, last month and a half or so. So, yeah, it, it's, it's that final product, whether it be Grand Seer, you know, it, not, not really having that final end product you want or Cabral you know oh, guilty of overplay I think the Galaxy are really guilty of overplay wow. uh, in a lot of situations and and, and they there's a games are won in penalty boxes and there's such an indecisive nature about this team in that penalty box right now that I think that's really the Achilles heel when it's not up to a Dejan Jovalich or when it's not up to a Chicharito Hernandez that's when the galaxy are at their weakest when they are going forward and i think that was indicative and a major way to summarize this game that, that it has which is you know symptomatic of, of this team as a whole this season uh, i'm not going to poop on this team and i i don't want to sound like i am because i think defensively they've been they made massive strides yes and a tip of the hat to greg van i mean a team that's got you know one of the best defensive records in, in the league i think it's fourth or fifth best but um you, you have to get goals and a team that plays attacking football, that aspires to play attacking football, and has the attacking firepower, at least on paper like that, has has to be better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 it actually does. So um, that was one play that sort of defined it for me, right? That was, yeah. that, that was the thing. The second play is more obscure, and you're going to have to go back, and maybe it happened a couple times, but I noticed it in the second half. It's while the Galaxy are trying to score a goal. They're, they need a goal to tie the game. They're doing it. And there was a ball that went from basically left midfield and then it went to like Derek Williams, who was sort of in an inter interstitial space that was really right next to the left midfielder, right? So it went to Derek Williams. Then it went over to Nick DePew, who again was pressed forward. So he was basically in the midfield too. And then it went over to like Aguirre, who was like more on the right-hand side, or maybe it was Ravellison who was on the right-hand side. And then it went from Ravellison over to Rajo. There were four passes to the guy that were right next to it, and the ball didn't move forward more than a yard the entire time it is when you want to criticize Vanny ball, right? And when you want to say, Hey, things don't work sometimes whenever you have Greg Vanny trying to pull the strings and trying to do stuff. And I know that there's more, that's more that can be done in the group, in the group once they get it to, to add variety into things. But when you want to get at the base reason of why things don't work for Greg Vanny, sometimes it's that kind of ball. I used to go to training when Bruce Arena would be running like, you know, trainings and stuff like that. And uh, he used to just scream at Omar Gonzalez from the beginning of training to the end of training. And it was one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Um, and so we couldn't really watch, but we always watched. It was one of those things and, and everybody sort of left us alone. And Arena's biggest thing a lot of times was, I don't care if you move the ball side to side, but you have to skip players. You have to move the ball faster than somebody can cover it with a run. And all Sacramento did was just shift over during that time. It wasn't hard. Oh, it's so easy. It's so Everything easy. Everything is in front of them. Yes. It's plotting. It's slow. It's well, predictable. That's a, that's a great way to put it, Josh. Plotting, stodgy, uh, unpredictable. But, you know, we could throw every kind of adjective. In, in these situations, when you're it's a team like this, especially when you're in a cup tie like this, and you're playing a team from a lower division, this is when leaders need to come forth. Yeah. And I didn't see it. Someone needs to step forward and be a leader and say, look, let's get our you-know-what together. Let's get it forward. Let's do something. I didn't see that in that game and, I, yeah. and to me that that's that's very troublesome i mean you need that character I, I want someone getting in someone's face about this you need to stop doing this and i don't i just did not see that and i 
I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I think that's a characteristic that that's a winning characteristic. And I just did not see that at all in that 90 minutes from anybody. I mean, you know, I talked to him about him at the beginning of this and he's injured and he's coming back. But Sasha Kleshin, if he was out there in a U.S. Yeah. Open Cup game, which he has been he's in literally. the U.S. Open Cup games, he would have been that guy. Yeah. Um, I think Sasha Kleshin is a 37 year old man yeah. in the twilight of his career. The, the fact we cannot be asking these guys to be leaders. Victor Vasquez. Uh, no, no disrespect yep. to Shasta. Yep. I think the world of him as a player and as a man, but he is not that player that should be asked to be doing that. He should not that be, and, and neither should Victor Vasquez right. be your creative fulcrum. When you're talking about players in their mid thirties, you know, on the wrong side of 30, you know, in their last, you know, maybe one to two years of their career, asked to be that main creative conduit. And fulcrum, there is something wrong with that hypothesis that, that, set up in the first place and that, that that's that's where it, things become a little bit you know, if we were sitting here going the galaxy don't have any creativity without victor vasquez yep. this is a conversation that should not be happening in the first place no and we know that and now it's about getting yeah. to that international break or not the internet but the uh the transfer window opening up in july yeah. right and we've known that now for four or five games where we've been sitting there listen it's not gonna it's not gonna work out and Sasha Kleshin, by the way, somebody was like, well, you can't rely on an injury prone player like Sasha Kleshin. I'm like, calm down. This is the <laughs> longest injury he's ever had in his entire career. And as a matter of fact, when I asked him about it, he goes, yeah, it's been four weeks and three days. Like the dude is like, it has been too long. I know how many days it is. I know how long it is. I need to get back out there. But you're right. You can't expect a 37 year old. And Greg Vanny said as much whenever they had the, uh, the the picnic at the pitch for the premium seat holders. And and Tony, who's I think in our chat room still, um, he asked the question straight up. He yeah. was like, he was like, well, are you going to get a cam? Are you going to get a CDM? Like the whole day? What are you yeah. going to do? And he goes, you know, we thought we knew we we're going to have to rely a little bit on Victor and, and on Sasha to sort of, you know, take that. And he goes, but with those guys hurt, obviously we're, we're short that. And he goes, and we thought we were going to be able to rely on on FRI and Alvarez. Um, mm -hmm. and that just hasn't been the case. Somebody in our chat in, in the discord today was like, you know, uh, if Efra and Alvarez doesn't play, because I thought Efra was fairly anonymous in a game where realistically he should be able to boss a USL side. Um, and he should be able to do things that maybe he can't do against, um, an MLS side. So you would expect a little more of him. Um, especially and on the defensive side of the ball. He can't. That's I, I've stopped. I've given up on that. I, but anyway, somebody said, you know, well, I go, I go, you know, Pete, Greg Vanny was paying attention to that. And Greg mm -hmm. even said in his post game, he goes, bottom line, the guys who didn't put out the effort today are going to know that they're not going to be playing during, down the stretch. Like there is a great ultimate decider in this, which is if you're not putting in the effort and he signaled, mm -hmm. he, he didn't single out anybody, but he signaled to the team that he was paying attention in this game, that mm -hmm. he noticed there were people who are not putting forth the effort. And if you don't put forth the effort, you aren't going to play. Efrain Alvarez is probably one of those players for me. I know he played okay. I know he had some decent crosses. I know he put some balls in, but that's a game that kid should shine. Somebody says, well, you know, if he play, if he sits, that's really going to hurt our chances, the, the Galaxy's chances to sell him, right? And I said, you know what also hurts his chances for the LA Galaxy? Him playing. So at this point, <laughs> this is where we're at. And if I'm, uh, if I'm the brain trust at the LA Galaxy, and you stay out of this, if I'm the brain trust at the LA Galaxy, who I have absolutely no confidence in whatsoever to be able to plug holes, fix holes, find the right players, move the right players, do the right thing, and haven't had since 2017, if I'm the brain trust, I am finding Efrain Alvarez a home this summer because you have to move him now before his value drops and when there's still people who haven't been paying attention to how he's been playing this year so that way you can go out there and sell him for... I'd be honest with you. If you get a million dollars from him right now, I would throw a giant party and run up and down because <laughs> that is... 
it, it's not a lot of salary cap space. That's the problem, right? You're not going to get a whole bunch of salary, but it is six hundred thousand plus dollars that your physical dollars that you have to play, uh, that you have to pay him the whole deal. And to me, um, I, I think uh, it was uh, it was a while ago, uh, and I think I've told the story before. Jeff Carlisle, who writes for ESPN, uh, texted me and said, "Hey, I'm writing something on Efrain Alvarez. What do you think?" And I said, "No." And he goes, "What do you mean, no?" I go, "He's never. He's not going to make it." And he goes, he goes, really? He, I hear so many good things. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. I, I've been waiting now for years for Efrain Alvarez to step up and show us something. He had his one moment this, this year. He has one moment almost every year. And uh-huh. that's what we see. And now it's gone. Efrain Alvarez can't be trusted to play defense. Everybody knows it, right? And there's a lot of people who say, oh, well, Alvarez is playing out of position. You need to play him in the center. When he plays in the center, he doesn't have enough time to do what he wants. He gets closed down easily. He gives the ball away. The Galaxy moved him into the center at the beginning of the second half. That's exactly what happened, right? So for me, I'm I'm done. I've been done. I'm I'm done with Grand Sir right now. I've seen nothing that shows that he's progressed over the year. I'm done with Cabral. Show me these things. But when you look at who's going to be playing down the stretch, Efrain Alvarez is one of the first guys who's not playing down the stretch. I still think Cabral and Grand Sir will play because I don't know that the Galaxy have a bunch of better options right now. There's problems on this roster, Christian. We know this. There's holes. Yeah. The biggest one is pulling the strings and creating chances, and that's central attacking mm-hmm. midfielder. I talked with somebody who's close to the LA Galaxy before the game on Tuesday, and we were talking about the CDM argument versus this CAM argument. We're like going back and forth, and they just looked at me and raised their eyebrow, and they're like, you know Vanny knows he needs a cam. Everybody knows he needs a cam. He's yeah. not. He's not stupid. They're going to go out and get a cam. Uh, he did have. Uh, he did have some some things to say today where he basically said, you know what would also work as a cam is if we got Douglas Costa playing. It would be like getting a summer signing. The whole day, and it's like I just don't say that right now, Greg, because nobody's going to be able. Here, here's my concern: is what? If, what if AEG told him, you know what? We don't have the money, so you don't get anybody this summer. Then that's a very. Then if I'm Greg Vanny, I'm sitting there going. You know what? I guess Douglas Costa is my my central attacking midfielder that I'm going to need. And so I better hope that he pulls through and I might say something like that. Um, so I, I just think it's really interesting. I do think the LA Galaxy are going to go out and get a cam. I think they're going to get a max tam player. I think there's the ability to prorate that. So basically you could pay you could have somebody bank like three million dollars, three point two million dollars um, and get the prorated side of that at one point six, which is the max tam for half a season. You could do that. You might even be able to DP somebody next year if you think that Chicharito is not coming back. Um, and so you basically tam them. It's the Zlatan deal, right? Tam them, mm-hmm. new contract, DP for the rest of the time. Um, yeah, almost like a balloon contract. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there is there is that I mean element, and you know we 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 were talking about this back. I think the last time I was on early May about what kind of a signing will Douglas Costa be. I'm not ready to shut the door on him right yet, but and I know I'm probably in the minority on this, but. It was a massive gamble from the Galaxy. He's not the player that we saw in 2018. He's not the player that has, like, I think, 11 league titles. He's so far off of that. Now, right now, based upon current form, I couldn't blame anybody for saying, yes, he is a bust. Right. However, this player, if he can get fit and if he can reach half of his potential, can lift this team to a higher level and be that thing that they need right now. Um, and I, I, I will never shut the door on a player after four months. I did. They it, just can't, and especially yeah. coming to a new culture, a new league and, and coming in not fit right now. And so I'm, I'm willing to, to look the other way and give them a year. I always think a player, a foreign player coming into a new league needs a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I just don't we know. We have to afford that luxury to him regardless of how uninspiring and how poor, quite frankly, how poor he has been. I, and, and, when he came in, I remember thinking, this is a player that's a signing of reputation. Yep. 
This is a player that's signing, you know, I remember, you know, jinking on the right-hand side for Bayern Munich. That That's the player that we thought we were getting. But if you look at the Douglas Costa, there's a reason why Juventus let him go for that last nine, you know, year and a half of his contract. Yep. And, and how he basically was uninfluential in the last, you know, two or three years. And why Bayern let him go in the first place on loan. So, yeah, huge gamble. Are we on the downside of that gamble? That is where we're at the precipice right now. I think... Um, I'll reserve my judgment for that towards the end of the season. But yeah, the, the point being that you're right, Josh, there, there is a lack of creativity in this team. I mean, it, it's it's so glaringly obvious and it, it's so trudging and, and methodical and whatever you adjective you want to throw at it. Yeah. Uh, something needs to change because if they shut the door, like you say, and they're not going to make any improvements in that, then guess what? Don't be surprised if you're looking at somewhere between a fifth and eighth place finish in the Western Conference based upon what has transpired. Uh, and, and wait until these other teams like the Seattles and, and the other so and so, you know, sleeping giants start to wake up because we know the proof is in the pudding after the 4th of July in Major League Soccer because anything before the 4th of July is kind of like watching the NBA before Christmas. Uh, you know, there, there really isn't much worth into it, right? Right, right. Um, so, to- Tony, by the way, gave us a $10 super chat, says, hey, Josh, what are the chances of us getting uh, Dybala? Uh, and I'm like, uh, so we talked about this in the Discord today, <laughs> right? And I was sort of like, well, so there's there's apparently rumors that uh, I think Sevilla can have an offer in on them for like $3 million. Uh, euros mm. or something like that. So just over $3 million. We just talked about how the Galaxy can probably afford to quote-unquote pay somebody $3.2 million. It's really one6 for half of a season. And so it puts you in the conversation. What are the chances? Zero. But it just, it's it still puts you in that conversation where you're like, that's how much money the LA Galaxy can spend for basically mm. a six-month contract. But you're going to have to get somebody because the rules are you can't have a six-month contract. And then go and say, well, it's a six-month contract, but you know there's options on it. The options would figure into the um, into the average cost of the contract, which would push it out of TAM range. It literally has to be like Zlatan was, which was Zlatan's going to get paid $1.6 million for the year, and then we're going to see whether or not we're going to keep him or not. It's harder to do now, Christian, because it's only That's six months. That's a big months. ask of a player. It is. And so maybe you can have a player who's like, if I play really well, for the next and people and we're and the galaxy are playing right now. So if I play yeah. really well, who's just barely on the fringe of being with their national team, right? Who wants to be able to prove right now and has a coach in a culture that wouldn't be like, if you go to MLS, you're dead to me because there's a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could find that player in that you might be able to get somebody on a six month loan. Um, Christian Wilhelmsen, I think, was on a like six month loan whenever the LA Galaxy brought him in. It was even less than that. Um, so like. You know, I'm not saying, by the way, Christian Williams on the reason they had, like Alex who won the MLS Cup in 2011 or 2012. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I can't man. remember. He's, he's one of my favorites. Um, maybe yeah. it was 2014. I can't even remember when it was. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it's like the whole deal. And you, and you look at that, there's a chance that you yeah. could spend some significant money. Um, Absolutely. But how you spend that money in this club needs to be judicious about the way it spends its money because we, we can talk about you know all the past transfer failures. I mean, you know, it's, it's if you it's if you take Zlatan well documented. If you take Zlatan, Christian, this is a good one. Somebody did this today. If you take Zlatan out of the equation for designated players, who was the last best designated player the LA Galaxy signed? Oh God. I got I, I Robbie I, Keane? Is it Robbie Keane? Because look at all the DPs that come after it, right? Because yeah. Steven Gerrard is there, Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos. 
mean, yeah, the best, best, yeah. After, after Zlatan, yeah. We'll and then, and then you put Chicha in there. Do you say, oh, Chicha has been a success? No, uh-huh. I, you can. I see, I see. Yeah, well, it's tough, right? Because you have to take 2020 into account for this, and you have to yeah. say 2021 was absolutely a better year for him. But what's happening right now? Does Chicha look the same as Chicha as 2021 Chicha? He doesn't to me right now. No. Um, and so that's a problem too. So. There's, there's ways to do it. I want to be very clear because I think the LA Galaxy are opaque whenever this it comes to this. Is The mm-hmm. people who are in charge of finding Greg Vanny, uh, a central attacking midfielder for $1.6 million from Michael Stevens and Jovan Karofsky. Michael Stevens, head of scouting. Jovan Karofsky, the technical director, and he's always has his fingers in all the scouting stuff. They're the guys who bring guys to Greg Vanny. Greg Vanny, I'm sure, can do some of his scouting on his own if he wants to do that and bring guys to the table. Then everybody discusses, and that's how it works, too. But ultimately, it's up to Jovan. It's up to Michael Stevens to be able to bring that stuff into Greg Vanny, and they have to be able to do it. The Galaxy cannot afford to wait to until the end of the window in order to get a central attacking midfielder. And I know there's arguments about whether or not a cam could really change things. I really think a cam could change things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, especially whenever you can put Mark Delgado and Ryan Ravellis and as more sixes behind that or more eights, a dual eights, where you don't have to worry as much about who's going to be creating. Um, by the way, a stat came out today, the guy with the most line-breaking passes in Major League Soccer, and it was by a significant, like 16 passes or something like that, is Mark Delgado. Okay. Right? So he is one guy who breaks lines. Um, yeah. But he wasn't playing against Sacramento, and he hasn't played as well, I think, at the at in the last three games. To, well, outside of LFC, LFC game was a great game. Austin game was a great one. Great one. Um, it's just this teeter totter. I'm not this death and like death and taxes guy, like the LA Galaxy, just gonna be bad. You know, it's like just like death and taxes, man. You know, the whole deal. I'm not that because I watched no. them beat the ever living crap out of LAFC. Yeah. Um, I watched them beat the ever living crap out of Austin. I've watched them dominate games. Um, but I've also watched them lose to Dallas and lose to Houston and lose to Sacramento mm. Republic. It's it's real back and forth. This team is like a toxic relationship. We may we well, may need counseling. Yeah, I mean, well, for that and a variety of reasons, absolutely. But yeah, and they also, you know, they, you know, like we were talking about low block teams, teams that defend, you know, first and then hit on the counter, really, really struggled. And the Galaxy have excelled against teams that open up space, come out and try and play with them. And that's when you play into the Galaxy's strength, who I think are actually one of their better attributes is hitting on the break and attacking space in behind, given the pace that this team has, whether it's Cabral or Grand Sierre coming out in those wide areas. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, 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 it's, 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 I feel like we're having the same conversation over oh, and over. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, welcome, not just, welcome to just, my life as a podcaster. This, right? It's like how, I mean, it, we know what needs to be done. There's just, I mean, we know the problems in, it seems to be the cl- club is hamstrung about trying to alleviate this. I'm not going to speculate as to why and what the inner mechanisms that's, that's are. That's my job. That's my What's job. What's going on? I leave that to you. Yeah. And, but yes, I, I, I move, I, I, but this team is ripe for a transfer and, and before the window closes, they need it. If they're going to make a run, if they don't get that extra bit of quality in the center of the park, then I don't see this team really breaking into that top four threshold, maybe on a teeter, you know, teetering on that five, six, seven spot and, and you know, making a, a, sl- a slight push in the playoffs, but no, they're not going to make. I don't think they are capable of making a deep run in the playoffs based upon this roster right now. Greg, Greg Vanny, under Greg Vanny's terms right now, the Galaxy have not won three games in a row. They have not won three games in a row. They've mm-hmm. won two games a couple times, actually a bunch of times, have not won three games in a row. Uh, Kelvin Leardam was saying something. He goes, you know, 
Uh, really, I'd like to just see us get on sort of like a 14 or 15 game sort of streak, you know, and I'm I, and I, I'm like, Kelvin, yeah, that's a yep. Uh-huh. That's great. I agree. I agree. That is an excellent take, sir. I agree. I think that would solve all the LA Galaxy's problems. The thing is, even though we're X number of months into the season right now, Christian, we aren't halfway and we're close to halfway. Yeah. Right? So 15 games, two more it to feels go. feels more than that, though, doesn't it? It does. Oh, totally. Well, you throw in some U.S. Open Cup games. It's I been a lot like of games. two thirds of the way through. Yeah, I mean, it does. It, like. it does. You're not. And you're at the half. And this is the problem. Yeah. The LA Galaxy struggled really in the last third of last year. Absolutely. They were okay through the first two thirds of the season for the most part. Yeah. Um, they were brilliant in the first part of the season last year. I, I really. Like they were this year. Wait, let's let's do some math real quick. And I I didn't bring my um, my calculator with me, so I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll shout it out, and I I I will try to get my calculator up and running. Uh, the LA Galaxy right now 1.6 points per game. Okay, so 1.6, yeah. and we multiply that by 34. That gives them 54.4 points. They were 52 points last year, I believe, is what they finished on. Um, or was it 48 points? I'd have to go back and look. That's a, it's a really, somebody in the chat room probably. I think it was 48. I think it was 48. So you're looking at a team that would be what? Level six, with RSL. Yeah, six points back. Um, six points better this year yeah. just on if they could keep their current pace up. And I'll tell you right now, if they can keep that current pace up, um, then the L, then the, the LA Galaxy will make the playoffs. Now, I think you're right in sort of the fifth through seventh spot, the fourth through yeah. seventh spot in there, but the Galaxy will make the playoffs, and that is the step that they need to make. I also am, despite uh, the evidence to the contrary that just hit me smacked in the face on Tuesday night, I still feel like this is a difficult team to play in the playoffs, um, especially against a team who is a higher-seeded team who thinks that they're going to come in and dominate the LA Galaxy and really, you know, this is how we play. We and we put, we, uh, you know, uh, you must respect my authority, right? Those are the teams that come in that get their butts kicked by the LA Galaxy. And I think that that happens, um, you know, in the playoffs more than it's going to happen mm -hmm. even in the thing. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this isn't about, you know, just letting this all go. And it's not about not seeing what happened on Tuesday night. It's just, I've seen this from the LA Galaxy. I saw it against Dallas. I saw it against Houston. Yeah. I've seen this team have inconsistent, poor performances. Yeah, LA Galaxy finished with 48 points um, in 2021. So 54 points, by the way, and they're right around 54, 55 points, would put them maybe in the fourth position. Because right now, uh, if you look, Portland finished in fourth at 55 points, Minnesota at 49, right? So it sort of puts you in that fourth, fifth position um, if you compare it to last year. So that's what this team, as inconsistent as they have been, uh, Christian, is doing right now, just on that basis. Yeah, and the, it's all how you color it, right? I mean, look at this. We've talked about how inconsistent they've been and how uninspiring they're going forward. It's a team that's six points off of first place right now. Yeah. But at the same time, they're seven points above the playoff line. Right. So it, you, can, you can color it any way you want it. One thing I also, too, wanted to talk, and you, got, you and Hammer have talked about it, and the fact that Mark Delgado, and we talked about a need for a creative presence in the center of the park. Do you want to buy someone that's going to be more of a central defensive midfielder? Allow Delgado to go forward. If you say that, you're going to get murdered right now. But go ahead, continue. I, no, no, exactly. I don't see it. Right. And, that's, and I, I don't know where that's coming from. And based upon the career, Mark Del, Marky, Mark, Mark, Marco Delgado, whatever you want Mark, to call him. his name, he's a grown man. His name is, he's a grown, blink man, yes. yes. Uh, and he's brilliant. I, th I think he's been a great Great addition. He has shored up a midfield that really needed shoring up right now. He's not that man, that player that's going to play in that creative role underneath. He's not going to be a number 10, whatever you want to call it, or withdrawn striker. That is not his game. So people that are calling, I don't understand how the fact that we're 
calling for. There's a need that even the discussion of having another midfielder come into more withdrawn defensive role as protection is back for. That's what Delgado is there for, and that's what a Revelison is. And and I think advanced in front of them, that's what we needed to talking about. So the discussions about another CDM or whatever you want to call it, number six. It, to me, it, it's it's kind of beating a dead horse because that's not the role we have those players here right now able to play that. Uh, if you wanted to know how bad the LA Galaxy's XG was against uh, Sacramento, I actually have, I did. I have that. It is it is very very bad. Um, Sacramento, by the way, ended up being like a one point something. So they they had they were up there, but the LA Galaxy I think finished in like the point eight point nine range um, mm-hmm. against the USL side. That was that's great. Good job, good job, everybody. Way to show up. Um, all right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for that. Yeah, I just, I, I just, it drives me crazy. And, and you could see it. I said during the second half, I go, this feels like Portland all over again. I had no faith that the LA Galaxy were going to be able to create a chance against Portland. And to my credit, which I'll gladly pat myself on the back there, Christian. Um, it was individual. It was an individual move. It's individuals who scored that goal, right? That mm-hmm. was Araujo and Jovalich. That wasn't a team yeah. goal. That The team didn't create that space. Jovalich created the space. We talk about Araujo recognizing the run before the run happens. He saw that Jovalich might break to the... He was ready for it, and as soon as Jovalich made the break, Araujo was ready to send it, yeah. right? So those are individual plays, even though they combine on it. Those are individual plays. Show me the LA Galaxy creating chances as a team in, in within patterns of play right right i don't that's, that's a word that's the consistency i think that you are desiring that's what you're talking about and i'm with you 100 percent on that i mean yeah exactly it's come down to individual moments of play or a moment of indecision or a gaffe by a mistake by another team you know so that's what's been lacking and well one thing i will say to put sacramento and everything into perspective because people and and mr provino in our chat rooms rightfully so says 21 million dollar salary versus basically a million dollar salary uh mm-hmm. between the two teams absolutely 100 percent. but we see this every year if you watch the fa cup there's always one team that upsets people there's always one thing these yeah. things happen every year in soccer by the way sacramento sacramento beat san jose before they beat the la galaxy now you were correct mm-hmm. in stating that Sacramento is a better team than San Jose, but at the same time, Sacramento right now, I would could argue is a better team than the LA galaxy, just in terms of what they're trying to do and how they know go about doing it. They do that better than the LA galaxy. So you can say that I am not one of these people who's like, you should be embarrassed. I'm like, no, this is what happens in these cups. There's always an underdog. Somebody always ends up winning a game. They're not mm-hmm. supposed to win. I am not surprised. I am not shocked. I am not embarrassed. The LA galaxy have problems. That is what was once again exposed on Tuesday night. So I understand people being upset. And by the way, I thoroughly enjoyed the LA Galaxy going over to thank Victoria Block after the game and watching yeah. Victoria Block boo them and shake their fists <laughs> at them. And Greg Vanny sort of like went up to clap a little bit and realized he wasn't getting a very warm reception yeah. and just sort of put his hands down and turned around. I enjoy that. I think that is a perfect response to what oh, yeah. they saw. No problem with it. As long as you're keeping it civil. What I didn't like was LA Galaxy fans throwing stuff on the field. I didn't yeah. like them, you know, that throwing Behave stuff yourself. at Sacramento. Be- I don't like any of that. I don't like that Sacramento was double, you know, showing double birds to LA Galaxy fans. But that was after they were getting stuff thrown at them. I can understand all that. I didn't yeah. like that part of it, but I understand the reactions from everybody. I'm just saying this happens every year in every league. Across yeah, the globe. It, 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 it's the nature of a. I mean, it happens in the playoffs. And this is the nature of a knockout competition. You know, you can have, and love it or leave it. That's the nature of a knockout competition. One thing I want to address, based upon what he was saying, and the, the the payroll discrepancy. If you get out of the top five 
four or five players on this Galaxy team as throughout major, many major league soccer teams. And you start going through the roster and you're doing player comparisons to a USL championship team, an upper level USL championship. There, in my estimation, is not a great degree of difference in those players. Yeah, and, and if you don't, if you take off, if you skim off the the cream, so to speak. You're right? taking a six, you know, six million of that twenty-one is Chicharito in himself, right? right. And we know about three, his quality. Three million on Costa, that's nine million, right? You can start, you can start talking down. The bottom line is the LA Galaxy should beat Sacramento, though, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, right? Yeah, but they're outside of those marquee players, outside of those top four or five, you know, maybe maybe six players. Is there that big of a difference between these quality of players? And in my estimation, no. If you come out somehow catch a team that's off color like the Galaxy, has some injuries, doing some squad rotation, then you give yourself a chance, especially playing the way that they did. So that kind of is, is a false, a false statistic in its way. Right. Um, yeah, right. and I've seen enough of these teams where you know half of that half of that USL Championship team could be playing for San Jose right now, in my, in my estimation. Yeah, it, it, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And listen, they have yeah. a chip on their shoulder and they come out and they do it. Listen, yeah. I think that the Galaxy's effort, the overall effort in that game, their ability to um, not just work hard, because you can work hard and do absolutely nothing. And I think that's a lot of what you saw on, on Tuesday night was guys yeah, who were working hard, right? The old, pass, the old passing percentage stat. Oh, yeah, that was fun. By the way, Galaxy had like 63% possession in the game. Yeah. It was it was through the roof, as and you would expect it to be. Uh, they're the second best passing team in the, in the entire league right now. Just nuts. Just crazy. And listen, I mean... To your point. But but again, having said that, watching that entire game from the moment yeah. it started, watching four minutes in Sacramento, I was not surprised Sacramento won that, won that game. Not surprised <laughs> even a little bit. I said before the game, this is going to be a very difficult game for the Galaxy yeah. to win. Oh, yeah. And it was. So, again, uh, NCAA tournament, by the way, in men's basketball, there's upsets all the time. There's some little nothing college that comes in and beats guys. That's only five guys. You can do a lot with five guys whenever you're talking about basketball and, and how you do it. But that happens all the time. It's, best team doesn't always win. It's not shocking to me. I'm just, I, I'm the I, best team didn't win last year in MLS. Absolutely, the best not. team was knocked out in the first first time of asking. So yes. that such is the nature of a cup competition. Such is the nature of a knockout playoff competition. Right. It is uh, absolutely that. Let's go quickly because uh, we're running a little long. Um, schedule now uh, for the rest of June just has one game instead of Cali Classico coming up this weekend again. Mm -hmm. uh, that game moved in se into September. It is now basically just eight days, eight days difference. So really just a normal week of difference between the Sacramento game and the Minnesota game. So um, I saw nothing in what Greg Vanny did. Um, I think I talked about it. I don't know if I said it, but the only thing I would have liked to seen in terms of the, the subs was that they put Chicha and Dayon on for at least a 10 minute overlap or 12 minute overlap. Yeah. Um, because I think that that does create a different look and does do things, even though the Galaxy were technically in a two forward high system. I would have gotten Alvarez out of there. I would have maybe tried to pull Ravelison out because I thought Ravelison wasn't playing well and he looked tired. Mm. Uh, I would have maybe put Carlos Harvey in there. Um, I liked what Aguirre did overall. Uh, Leardam yeah. looked like he was a little overmatched, but again, we we talked about Araujo. You had to wait to bring him in. He wasn't feeling good the day before, so I understand that. So there's some things in there. But again, as we go back to that, that's sort of what it is. Um, this is it. Uh, Minnesota coming up. Then if we look at the schedule for July, you don't have to worry about Open Cups anymore. Um, just pack schedule. You got six games in July, including a July 8th yeah. game uh, coming up against LAFC. July 4th against Montreal. So uh, that game, I think July 4th is on a Monday night. So uh, we'll all be there on a Monday night. And then four days later, it's LAFC versus the LA Galaxy. That's a wonderful timing on all of that. That's great. Good job, MLS. And three um, games in the space of nine days between the 8th and the 16th. I mean, it's just it's just too much like hurry up and wait right yep, you sit around all summer and you're like come on come on come on let's play and then boom hit you and then 
you know, all Western Conference opponents yep. all the way through until the 24th, and they, they take on Atlanta. So Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's busy. Uh, that um, Apple deal can't come soon enough, can uh, it? No, it can't. I'm, I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, every Wednesday and Saturday. So I, I, will be, I will be at the stadium whenever they, they call Eastern Conference standings. New York is the current leader there with 27 points. LAFC with 30 points on the Western Conference. Uh, if you look at the overall table, LA Galaxy in ninth place. As much as you want to say that the LA Galaxy are sucking, that they suck, that they're horrible, that all these things, they played a difficult schedule to start with and they're in ninth place right now. Now that means they actually have to win games that they're supposed to win, which the game against Portland was a game they were supposed to win. Whether or not that's Portland waking up or not, we'll have to see. Um, but that's something to sort of pay attention to. I want to now switch quickly over to uh, the watchability rankings. ESPN put out the watchability <laughs> rankings. I thought this was uh, humorous. What is this? The humorous in its attempt uh, to do it. So they ranked all 28 MLS teams in terms of watchability, in terms of you want to watch them, in terms of you don't want to watch them. Uh, Nashville, by the way, finished very dead last uh, in the league as the team that, unless you have a rooting interest, you do not want to watch them. 28th, Houston Dynamo at 27th. I can sort of understand that. I actually enjoy some of Nashville's tactics. Yeah, uh, um, it's Sacramento. It's very like Sacramento. It, it is. It's frustrating and it's all those things. Um, and so, uh, it's really interesting just to see that. So Nashville had a, had a 0.6 rating. Um, the Houston Dynamo had a 0.8 rating. If you want to see who they thought was the most watchable team, um, I would, I, the, the one and two on this just make me want to bang my head against the wall. So LAFC at 9.8, uh, is the most watchable team. Uh, and then San Jose earthquakes at 9.4, the LA galaxy, in case you wanted to know 14th dead smack in the middle of it. And just above the, just below the, these are teams you want to watch. Uh, what happened to the love of defending? What happened to the love of getting stuck in? What happened to the love of making tackles? No, no. You know, there's. It's just like it, it's the equation of oh, it's out and open. It's pretty attacking football. Blah 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 blah. blah and that's equated to the most watchable football. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 up to the the eyes and the beholder, I guess. It, it absolutely is. By the way, chat room, if you're saying the fire, Greg Vanny, um, I think we've already seen that that how those movies play out right we've seen we've seen that if you just switch coaches every year and a half two years no, no, nothing well, ever that, happens i don't know it i know i think vanny i think i think greg vanny is the right man for this job and says it out i mean he needs to get needs the horses to run the greg vanny race that's right that's right so if you get those horses for greg vanny he will pr he's proven it before all, all those will do it again i saw somebody rant, ranting it was a former toronto it was a toronto fan who was ranting so they, they were the greg vanny is the most overrated coach ever he got lucky whenever he won the trouble and all that other stuff so anyway i just always enjoy twitter's such a lovely yeah. place this time of year yeah, uh, yeah isn't it big announcement today from mls it's not really that big i don't really care but i'm gonna pretend uh big announcement from L mls the 2023 mls all-star game is coming to dc united um, in Washington, D.C. Uh, look at that. They even parked a car in front of Audi Field. Is, the guy, is that car there all the time? Because Don Garber actually has pictures of him coming out of that car, which I just think is so insufferable and so intolerable. It's crazy. Uh, so the game next year, the All-Star game, will be uh, in Washington, D.C. If you're paying attention uh, this year, where's the, where's the All-Star game this year? Did I forget already? I did. I, I, oh, wait, I have, I have the list. I have the list. This is how little I care about it. Um, this is going to be, it's going to be in Minnesota. That's right. I knew that. I, I knew that. So the 2022, uh, all-star game, August 10th, you can vote for players now. Um, as we have done during the entire tenure of this podcast mm. for nearly 14 seasons of coverage for the LA galaxy. Um, we are going to suggest that if you are going to vote LA, if you're going to vote players for the MLS all-star game, that you choose players that are not on the LA galaxy. And if you want to go out and pick your rivals, 
for that, that is the better thing to do. Um, I don't, with how condensed this schedule is, I mean, somebody said, can I vote for Chicha? Cause you know, he's going to be there anyway. I'm like, I, I'll allow that. Like that's, that's fine. Vote for Chicha, you know, that's, you know, let him, let him do his thing. Um, you know, Julian Araujo very well may also be one of those players who, who gets there, but I don't see a ton of all-stars on this team. So I don't, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried. Yeah. I think Chicha goes on name recognition alone. Um, Julian yeah. Araujo could go, um, on some of this, maybe Derek Williams gets called in, in terms of like a coach's pick that wants some defense, yeah. you know, you know, cause everybody only wants, you know, sexy, sexy picks. Maybe you need a uh, Derek Williams called in on a coach's pick, those types of things. Ronnie um, Edwards, maybe, maybe based yep. on his early season form. Yep. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, so the all-star games coming up Washington DC next year, maybe I can go to that. Although Wait, August all-star game is so it was always like two at the back with like, you know, <laughs> 14 eight, forwards. Eight, eight, yeah, eight yeah. forwards and yeah. one keeper. I mean, that's basically what we're talking about. So uh, I, that's I, the way it works. I will just say, having gone to Washington, D.C. in the summer months, August is not exactly the the, the garden time for, uh, no, for, for being in the swamp that is Washington, D.C. And by the way, Washington, D.C. is literally in a swamp. That's not a that's not a political mm-hmm. thing. It was built on a swamp. They reclaimed the swamp in order to build the city. And you thought they would have learned from Mexico City. <laughs> no, no. Everybody, no. Everybody wants to build on a reclaimed uh, piece of land that of in, in the humidity. So anyway, uh, not exactly my best pick for an all-star game time and all that. Maybe they'll play it at night and maybe it'll rain or something. Um, I have no idea. So anyway, so that's coming up. That's where Let's we're at. Over with. Uh, I was going to tell you that we were going to get you ready for San Jose game. But that's not happening anymore. So we don't get to do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I know we were so close. Um, so anyway, so that's going to be it. We will have a show on Monday. I think Kevin actually might be out of town. So I'll work on that while we while we do it. Maybe maybe I need somebody like, you know, Jonathan Bond to come be my co-host on Monday or something like that. So maybe if Bondy's listening, he you can... got to have the same poll as uh, Sophie the Cannon Nicolau, though. Yeah. Gosh. And a Christian Miles. I mean, everybody shows up for you. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, they're lining up. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, that's it. We'll get you ready for uh, the Minnesota game on Monday. So um, whenever we, we talk about Monday, it'll be Minnesota game. I uh, get that ready for Wednesday. And then next Thursday, I can confirm Miss Nikki K will be my co-host on next Thursday. So she'll be sidelined on Wednesday. And I think they also have the weekend game as well. Um, so Does anybody have more energy than Nikki K? Uh, no. Absolutely. I think it's her coffee. I had energy, but I do not. I think she drinks a lot of coffee. I'm going to ask her next time. So she's on it. That girl is on it. Always, always. She's always like, oh, look, it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm at at Dodger Stadium. And I'm I'm always like, Nikki, what do you, how? Do you sleep in your car? Like, I'm dead. I'm, and I like to get up early. Curl up inside your cell phone. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. That's what we got. Christian, is there anything else that uh, you want to talk about galaxy wise or should we go? We can go, right? I, it's time to go. I mean, yeah, you, I, I, you got stuff to do. I have, stuff I got, to do. I got nothing. I got nothing, Josh. Okay. Just go galaxy. Come on. I think <laughs> this is the turning point onward. You're, as I say, you're convinced onward. you're convinced. Okay. That's good. Uh, tell people where they can find you. Let's go at C miles sports on Twitter. And you can always catch us on Sirius XM for the home galaxy match galaxy radio, as well as uh, LA galaxy.com tuning in. And of course, Something that might be proving to be much more of an audio uh, asset coming up next year in the Apple deal, but let's not talk about that. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I don't want to get you crying, so we're, we're gonna yes. we'll, we'll, we'll worry we'll worry about that here in a little bit. But no, thanks, Christian. Uh, thanks, we John. appreciate you coming on. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com videos, podcasts, all that fun stuff, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Subscribe, like, write reviews. We certainly appreciate it. Um, All right. I hope everybody enjoyed our little therapy talk. We'll talk to you on Monday. Get you ready for the Minnesota game coming up on Wednesday. All right. For Mr. 
Christian Miles, who has no nickname. I'm Josh Pato Guestman, and you've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.